welcome back to the Town University Podcast. I'm your host, Terry McDonald. I'm a lecturer of international relations here at TLU. And today we have a very special episode. It is our contribution to Town University's Green Month initiative. So today we're going to talk about bees. According to the Food and Agricultural Organization at the United Nations, bees are under threat. Present species extinction rates are 100 to 1,000 times higher than normal due to human impact. Close to 35% of invertebrate pollinators, particularly bees and butterflies, and about 17% of vertebrate pollinators, such as bats, face extinction globally. Now, today we have TLU's foremost expert on bees, Dr. Lisa Pusep, here with us. She's a researcher at the Institute of Ecology, and, as we learn in the interview, has about 100,000 bees living here on the roof of TLU, here in the heart of Tallinn. So, uh, here's our interview with Lisa. Today's episode is brought to you by the Masters of Screen Media and Innovation here at Tallinn University. How relevant are screens in your life? Do you, like an average American, spend 12 hours a day in front of your screen? I know during pandemic times, I've averaged at least 12 hours a day, I'm sure. Screen media is a crucial source of information, uh, interaction, and basically it is the medium of our modern society. So come study screen media and innovation here at the Baltic Film Media and Arts School. It's all in English. It's a very internationalized program and competitive tuition prices. You can find out more at www.tlu.com. Dot ee slash admissions. Hi, and we're here now with Dr. Lisa Pusep. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Lisa is a researcher in the Institute of Ecology here at Town University. So, Lisa, tell us, how did you come to be interested in bees? I'm kind of fan of bees, and it is coming from already last century, actually, I have to say. So I started my university at 98 when I came to the university. And then um, my first, yeah, I changed my research projects and research direction quite many times because I didn't find the main one. And then um, there was one incident that um, uh, one beekeeper asked, uh, yeah, I was already uh, working uh, or having a, part-time job in the Institute of Ecology and one beekeeper asked us to analyze one honey sample. So, and as I was an enthusiastic student, so I took this challenge together with my supervisor and then, then it happened. So it happened through honey analysis. So I, I did my bachelor thesis about pollen content of honey. So I analyzed uh, different types of honey and described the honey based on pollen content. So I could say that this honey is coming from forests and this honey is coming from uh, countryside or cities. So I can recognize mm. uh, uh, pollen because pollen, these are, I'm, I'm using microscopes and uh, all pollens are species specific size and uh, yeah I can I can recognize this under the microscope so this is my starting point one thing I have to say which is I think the most funniest part 
here. I don't eat honey myself. <laughs> so, because, and we, we are making jokes here as I'm working in, in the Institute of Ecology that, uh, and most of people, they are studying lake sediments. And so they made uh, jokes that, okay, we don't eat lake sediments as well. So, <laughs> so I can't eat, <laughs> eat my samples. So this is a joke. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, really, at I least it uh, removes the temptation for you. <laughs> so I can, yeah, I can, I can have my, my samples here. And so, and I did my bachelor about it. And, but I changed uh, in my uh, master's studies, I changed my topic. So I also started to study lake sediments. Mm. However, I don't eat lake sediments as well. <laughs> but, uh, but I changed my topics and, and, uh, and through my PhD also, but still, Honey and peace, they, they already, during this time, they had very important role in my life. So, because um, I was during these times and still I am the, not the only one, but um, yeah, we have so few people who are doing this type of analysis. So beekeepers already, now 20 years ago, no. <laughs> then beekeepers, they knew that in the Institute of Ecology, there is one person who can do pollen analysis because officially, Beekeepers, they don't have to do, they don't have to order pollen analysis if they okay. want to. They don't have to show it on the label. Okay. But, but, uh, but some beekeepers who would like to show that this honey is poor Estonian honey, so they, uh, they would like to order and they would like to have this uh, pollen, uh, results of pollen analysis. So okay. for that, they, uh, they order it. And so it stayed in my life. So, so I continuously did it, and um, uh, after after my my PhD, I lived for a while in in Japan. I did my postdoc there, and then I came back, and then uh, the topic called nature based solutions and uh, city ecosystems or urban ecosystems came very um, important I, I don't want to say very popular but important so I I took the challenge again to study honey and then I, I was focusing on honey that was collected uh, collected in the city areas so and through that uh, I'm yeah and during these years still I'm very yeah, yeah, I'm fan of bees and honey, and I still do pollen analysis. So if, and now we have uh, four beehives on the top roof of Tallinn University. So this is a main thing, oh, and I really enjoy it. I'm not a beekeeper myself. I'm a, yeah, I study it, just, I'm, yeah. Uh, well, might be a good segue into, can you tell us what bees mean to human society? Uh, mostly, if we are speaking about bees, they are like annoying insects for for us because yeah, we we think that okay, they produce somehow honey, so we can we can eat honey, and probably for that they are very important. But um, for uh, to describe the importance of bees, I I normally start with a story of our breakfast. If you think about your breakfast, what did you have for today? Yogurt. 
yogurt with what? Some kind of berries? I had uh, strawberries and honey in my yogurt, actually. <laughs> yes. pretty, pretty literal link, yeah. Yeah. So I had uh, porridge for today's with uh, cranberries and banana and coffee with milk. So, and if you think about all these very small elements, what you had for your breakfast, and all these small elements were on your table, thanks for peace. How awesome. come? Yeah, because peace, and they are most important pollinators among insects. All insects, uh, most of insects are very important pollinators. So plants can grow and we have berries, we have apples, oranges, coffee, tea. Um, if you smoke, do you smoke? No, ma'am. No, good, good, good for you. Thank but you. still, Topeka is, uh, can grow because of our thanks for peas. So all of, uh, yeah, avocados, tomatoes, all of these um, very good and important things are uh, on our table, thanks for, for bees. And also milk products, because cow is eating different kind of grass, and mm. this grass need, needs bees for growing. So this is huge system, but if you think only about your breakfast, and yeah, we can, we can um, wider it, cotton. You have uh, yeah, T-shirts, your jeans are made of cotton, and how this cotton is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not the right word to say made of, but yeah, but it is coming thanks for bees. So, so these are only small, uh, small aspects, and um, they are playing very important role in in more widely in ecosystem. They are food for some birds, and uh, yeah, all, uh, and they are giving very important. Uh, amount of money in the state budgets so that yeah you can find from internet huge numbers how um, how big is the money what bees can earn or they 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 give to to state budgets for example there are very there are good examples from for us for example how the, the how how important they are for example pollinating almond trees and mm. in the US, it's a huge, of course, yes. absolutely huge business. So they are contributing to our economy. So it's uh, contributing to our society. And, and uh, one, uh, one thing is also what I really would like to mention, and what we don't think about at all, is how they are contributing to our culture. So, for uh -huh. example, in Estonian case, as probably you know, that we have singing festivals after mm -hmm. every four year so and there is uh, uh, there is one very important uh, song what we are singing there and it is about peace we actually managed to find a clip of the song lisa was referring to there from the estonian song festival here in Tallinn. so here is beehive or talendab mesipu pol
it is about home and how we how do we miss home and and uh, and we are flying towards home so something mm. something like that so this yeah. is a one example that how what kind of roles these are playing in in culture as well so they are giving us inspiration and that's why i'm <laughs> i'm i'm taking photos a lot so i'm going to top roof of our university and just taking photos of of these and i just enjoy it so this is for my health or for my yeah well being Oh, lovely. Uh, being, I get it. Uh, so um, can you describe for us like the current state of the health of bee populations? In Estonian case, it's quite okay, if I can say so. However, uh, more widely, the, uh, the state of biodiversity is, uh, is very bad on the earth. And, and they are playing, uh, bees are playing very important role in the biodiversity. So um, in Estonian case, we, we haven't had huge dramatic uh, deaths of, of bees or loss, loss of bees, but, but we have had some, uh, so, uh, some things be- because of uh, using pesticides because of climate changes also here in Estonia mm. uh, because the environment is changing and this winter was very good for bees because it was mildly cold. It was minus degrees but if winters are plus degrees so they can't rest during the winter times and they will be weaker and weaker. But it is um, very dramatic problems in, in Germany, for example, in China, in, uh, in US, and there are huge, yeah, we have lots of, lots of bees collapses. So we can, we can say, and, and it is mostly because of using pesticides and because of uh, um, monocultural areas. And for that, uh, if we have huge monocultural areas, so they don't have uh, food for during uh, for certain time periods. So if there are monocultural areas or, or fields, so these plants are growing and flowering so, during certain time period, and yes. after that there won't be anything. Ah, uh, so there's not like a steady supply of different sorts of food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So can you tell us then about what your work is with bees? What you've been doing? So as I said before, I'm not a beekeeper myself, but I just take care of, of bees together with one beekeeper here. And uh, in, in Tallinn University, yeah, one thing is science. So I still study honey. Uh, and through that, to study honey, I also study the biodiversity of Tallinn city. If I study this, uh, the honey that is coming from, uh, from the area, so uh, the other thing is um, to show and share um, share importance of peace. This is one part of teaching and teaching in, in the university and teaching also. I share this information through open seminars and I very often go to schools to speak about peace. And um, yeah, and, and the uh, third thing here, at least in Tallinn University, through that, that we have here beehives, we can give something back to ecosystem, we can support ecosystem. 
So, for example, close to Tallinn University, we have Kadriaru Park. Mm -hmm. So, Kadriaru Park definitely needs bees. So, somehow we support <laughs> this park. So, you have actual bees living on top of the university? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you had them there? How did, this, how did this start? Like, can you give us a little background on this? So yeah. we, uh, in Tallinn, uh, Tallinn University, we have this interdisciplinary project called ELU, or LIFE. This is one starting point. And one point is when I told you that, like, five years ago, I was interested in, uh, in um, nature-based solutions and uh, somehow, yeah, this city environment and city ecosystem became very important to, to speak about. And then I was focusing on uh, urban beekeeping and I met quite many beekeepers and just we discussed and one thing, yeah, next step and next step. And then we had discuss discussions already. Okay, we should have beehives here as well. And then student projects came into and we had uh, student projects to get, uh, together uh, with me and beekeepers and first beehive was built by students. So, and then we uh, beekeepers, they brought uh, some other beehives here as well. And then it started step by step. So how many bees would you say you have up there right now? Hmm, let me see. Um, 20,000 in one hive, I suppose. So almost, uh, I think almost uh, uh, 100,000. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us how that fits into larger efforts to help the pollinator population? Um, yeah, as, as I said also before that, that one, one task here is to support ecosystems, to have beehives here. And here's another story what I uh, like to share, and I always speak about it, that, uh, that close to Tallinn University, we have Kadrioru Park, and there are several gardeners working there. And already several years ago, gardeners uh, made notes that uh, number of insects is uh, decreasing. They didn't count them insects. Mm. But still, they saw that something is happening here, close to close to here, close to Tallinn University in Kadriaru Park. They just recognized during the every everyday job. They okay. because they visited park every day, so they are working nice. with plants, and they just noticed, and they they discussed it with beekeepers as well. So for that, this is one reason why. In Kadrior Park, we have also beehives. I think not not today at the moment, but still there, there are some places. Uh, and also after that also, I don't know after, uh, is it after that story, but still our president in Kadrior Park, she also has beehives. Hmm. So, uh, so. For she, those who don't know, the presidential residence in Estonia is in the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and all, uh, visitors who are uh, yeah, presidents or prime ministers who are visiting our president. So our president uh, uh, gives as a gift uh, her own honey. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so this is uh, like a now like a four years tradition already. So this is very, very nice tradition. So, and yeah, 
through that to have beehives, we can support uh, ecosystem uh, very directly. Of course, you have to think the, how many beehives you have, because in, in the city, it is not normal to have huge amount of beehives in small area. So it's, uh, there, there are yeah, some negative parts as well, but you have to think it through then. Of course. Yeah. So can you t I've seen uh, the idea of pollination corridors becoming popular. Can you tell us what a pollination corridor is? Uh, I'm not so sure if I know the exact definition. Probably there, there isn't exact uh, definition. That's fine, yeah. But if you, if you think about um, uh, what, what is the problem of um, loss of biodiversity, one thing is um, loss of uh, species, and the other thing is loss of habitats. So the area is fragmented. There are one spot here with yeah, huge amount of plants and the other spot there uh, with plants. And somehow we need to connect if we want to connect insects and also peas. So then somehow we need to use these green corridors. And one another aspect with that is that we we can't use chemicals, we can't use uh, uh, pesticides or other chemicals to somehow to um, yeah, deal with uh, bad, uh, bad plants. We, we think that some plants are bad, mm. but definitely there isn't any, any, any of them. So, so to, uh, to connect bigger uh, green areas with green corridors and to not use chemicals any, any chemicals for that so the bees and and another insects and other animals they and also plants they can share seeds between these these uh, corridors and yeah change genes so to for that um, biodiversity can be more flexible and, and okay. so, mm -hmm. uh, how mobile are bees Pardon? Do, bees do bees travel very far uh, yes, through my my pollen analysis, uh, I can say that the maximum is like seven kilometers. Hmm. Okay. They, they can travel because if uh, they have their favorite plant like seven kilometers away, they they will go there. And that's so, why it's important to have these corridors connecting green spaces because mm -hmm. they need they need these spaces in between. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So. On that uh, idea of connecting green spaces, how important is international cooperation when it comes to pollination? As nature doesn't have borders, as state uh, mm. yeah, states uh, have, so for that we need to collaborate and we need to discuss about these very important topics, how to support our environment, how to keep it clean, and if we are thinking about EU directions during these days, there are already very important um, regulations to, to coordinate the situation uh, connected with biodiversity and what kind of um, pesticides we can use, for example. And it is very important that uh, EU, one part of the world, uh, decide that in this region we don't use, for example, one, some certain pesticides. There, <clears throat> there are problems, for example, connected with Russia, because we don't know what kind of stuff they are using.
but ease if 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 I'm a beekeeper next to the Russian border. So I, I can't say to my bees that you can't go there. <laughs> so yeah, we are lucky we have huge lake between. <laughs> so, but but still it is a problem because from yeah again maybe this is like a gossip or I don't know is it um, not a real stories but but probably there is a, some truth behind that uh, from um, especially people from uh, uh, Eastern Estonia they are buying some stuff from Russia also some chemicals for the for the lands and they are still using it with and especially these chemicals which are not allowed it officially to use in Estonia mm. and through that they are poisoning also our nature as well and so this is and for that it is needed this, uh, this international collaboration as well. Okay thank you so what should governments be doing to help bees and other pollinators? Yeah one thing is uh, to support um, uh, to to have regulation that's, um, uh, connected with all these chemicals, what kind of chemicals and how much can we use? Definitely, in some cases, we need to use it, but uh, uh, the amount matters. How how much? Uh, this is one thing. The other thing is, for example, uh, already in Tallinn, you don't have regulation how how high your grass should be. Uh, two years ago, the grass couldn't be higher than 15 centimeters. Okay. So you, you got a tax. If it's, it was higher, then you needed to pay tax. Or, like a fine, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, during these days, we don't have this type of regulation, so you can your grass in your garden can be higher and it can flower. So you can have flowers because otherwise you mow everything and you don't have flowers in your garden. But if you want to support, um, uh, if you want to support ecosystem, then you have to have uh, flowers, different type of flowers and, and state and city governments, they can, they can support it. They can through making rules or regulations. Of course, they can't say that uh, you can't mow the the, yeah, okay. the grass. But vice versa, if if uh, people are um, environmentally educated, though they think about and they they can leave some areas for for flowers as well. So, but yeah. it's tough to say. But through regulation, this is one thing, and it, through education. This is definitely the other and actually most important thing to educate, educate, speak about all these topics from schools and also for adults as well. Because I have I have been a partner and co-author of, of studies uh, about Estonian environmental awareness. And this is extremely weak. And it is very sad to say that uh, we don't think about how environment support us and we we can't see uh, yeah we can't see environmental problems uh, th that environmental problems are caused by us so mm. these are yeah this this is our problem so educate educate speak about speak about <laughs> well and here is your opportunity then 
besides not mowing the grass, uh, what can our listeners do to help our pollinating friends? Uh, the list can be quite long. Yeah, one thing is if you have your own garden, you can decide where to mow and where not. So, uh, and yeah, yeah, backyard, there can be very high grass in your backyard and do not worry about it. Um, this is one thing. You can grow uh, flowers, um, other plants in your, in your balcony. If you, have, if you live in a block of flats, you can grow there also. I have a balcony. I live in Lasnama, full of block of flats. So I, but I grow my potatoes, tomatoes, and all other things in my balcony. Okay. Yeah. So this is yeah connected with plants, but but the system is more wider. Uh, and if you consume whatever thing, food and uh, t-shirts, trousers, or whatever thing, if you buy something. Think about where these things are coming from. Through that, you contribute, or you, yeah, you contribute to the whole ecosystem. So, Can you explain what you mean there? So it means that, um, uh, for example, if you buy, for example, local food, uh, so you support uh, at first local in, uh, economy, but if the food is coming more closer to you, so there, there, there isn't transportation. Uh, expenses and there isn't yeah and transport uh, yeah it it has low impact for the nature and uh, buy food uh, from eco-friendly farms for example or directly from farms so you know where this food is coming from and you know that this food is uh, has grown safely uh, without huge amount of pesticides, for example. So you can, through your food, you can support uh, farmers who are supporting ecosystem. So this is, so through your consumption of food. And the other thing is your consumption of, of your other things as well, where your mobile phone is coming from, where it is produced, how it is produced, where is your, from where is your trousers to jeans are coming from, as before I said that uh, cotton needs a huge amount of insects, so especially, yeah, also peas as well, and huge amount of water, for example, to grow it. And, and also pesticides and other chemicals as well. So there are not many, but still there are eco-friendly uh, cotton fields in the world. Okay. Not in Estonia, it can't grow in Estonia, but um, but think about where these things are coming from, where and not only where these trousers are made, made like in Bangladesh or whatever places. But one thing is uh, where it is made, but the other thing is where this cotton is coming from. Go further oh. and further and further where this okay. material is coming from, and through that uh, you can see that you you have influence on ecosystem in China, ecosystem in US. So through, and so if you think about it and if you uh, think about how much things do you really need? So there is one misunderstanding um, during these days when you, you can buy anything, what you want to buy. Uh, um, you, we have mixed all, yeah, we all. 
uh, have mixed uh, understanding of what are our needs and what are our desires and wishes. We have definitely needs. We need food. We need uh, trousers and t-shirts. But um, we wish uh, also so many things and we have changed position of wishes and needs. Uh, so, yeah. Our, um, uh, all animals, like um, yeah, beavers, for example, we can say we can see that they also change environment, uh, so, uh, cutting down the uh, trees. Yeah. yeah. So and definitely, the, it is they needs because they need uh, materials for the uh, nest and they need food. Uh, so for that, they are doing it, uh, but they don't use more. And they they need, but we use more than we need. So we need to think about what do we really need and what do we wish or we really would like to have. So this is something we we need to think about. And this is like yeah, maybe behind it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope that our audience has learned about the importance of our little pollinator friends, and of course they can be active uh, when it comes to supporting the industries and uh, non-governmental organizations and politicians who uh, support these eco-policies. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on the Talent University podcast. Uh, hopefully you'll join us again someday. Thank you. It was great and fun with you. Today's episode is brought to you by Italian University's Bachelor of Arts in Politics and Governance program. The BA in Politics and Governance is a contemporary academic program combining a strong politics and governance core with a variety of choices, including international relations, economics, and management modules. It is a curriculum aimed at preparing students for the more complex and interrelated world of today. No country or company is an island anymore. They're all affected by political, societal, and economic trends, national and international policies, governmental and non-governmental actors. The program equips students with a broad knowledge basis to prepare them for a future not just in government or party politics, but also as knowledgeable and capable actors in international organizations, the third sector, NGOs, or the private sector. I myself am a lecturer in this program and can attest that it is broad-based, it is enjoyable, it is international, and it is all in English. And it is quite affordable. You can find out more at www.tlu.ee slash admissions. Okay, I hope you enjoyed our talk with Dr. Lisa Pusek. We want to thank Lisa for appearing. And we want to thank Katerina Chansey from Talon University's Green Month Initiative for putting it together. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the Talon University School of Governance, Law, and Society, and the Baltic Film, Media, and Arts School here at Talon University. Our producer is Alvo Ulvik, research by Vega Semole, Rahatni Palagi, Sadat Awadu, Maurice Odo, and Ilya Shore. The theme song is by myself and Paul Simmons. All other music is by myself or Avo Ulvik. On social media, you can find us on Twitter at Talon Podcast and on Facebook and Instagram at TLU Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again in two weeks.